Hello and welcome to our penultimate podcast from 2013. I'm Nigel and beside me here is Porig. Hello. Very good. This time around we'll be looking back at the big releases from November and then peering into our crystal ball to see what delights lie ahead for us uh, over Christmas. Both uh, we'll have a look at what's coming up on regular release, a few uh, Christmas uh, one-off stuff and then, I don't know, we'll try and predict what's going to be on the telly. Anyway, first of all, we're going to take a trip to France. So Great. that was a clip from yeah. uh, Blue is the Warmest Colour for and our five French listeners. Yeah, all the Francophones will have been able to understand that yeah. conversation. So the film came out a couple of weeks ago now and it's... Um, last week. Garnered... No. no, only last week? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. So it Literally eight days ago. I, I think we should point out at the beginning of this podcast that we're actually do, trying a new thing. We're recording this on the day we're actually uploading. For the, so for the few people who actually tune in when this goes up straight away before we've badgered them on Twitter, you're actually getting it on the same day. So today is Saturday. We can reference some sort of... I guess the toy show was on last night? Yeah, which... We can I talk about Robbie say, Keane being yeah, there. Yeah. Um, some other pop culture events that have happened. A, a helicopter fell into a pub. In oh, Scotland. Scotland, yeah. Couple How of topical are, are we? Though. We should do a current affairs podcast. Anyway, back to blue is the warmest colour. So it's a three-hour uh, French film uh, concerning two lesbians, and it's about um, Adele and Emma. And it starts... You kind of think the girl with the blue hair is Emma, and you would think maybe from the posters and all the campaign that she's the main character, but it's really about Adele. It's kind of following her coming out um, her experiences of homophobia in Leo, high school I think, isn't it? yeah in France. I think it's Leo kind of coming to terms with that and her parents and you kind of have the two different um, scenarios where she's kind of coming out for the first time um, figuring out what's going on and she meets Emma who's much more confident a couple of years older so. aware of herself kind of she's her parents are totally fine with it and there's one really nice scene where you kind of see the different they both go Two to each other's parents' yeah. house, and Adele kind of doesn't even like them. She pretends that Emma's her friend. Yeah, her philosophy yeah. tutor and her friend, or something. So, so it's really like just the relationship between the two of them, and it's different stages when they meet and get together, and how they change over the course of it, and kind of the insecurities that you feel in a relationship. Uh, it's garnered a lot of controversy because there's pretty explicit sex scenes in it, but about that, it's that once it uh, came out the two actresses said that they felt really subjected and the director was really harsh with them it seems like he was they felt like really humiliated and intimidated by the whole process and he seems to have been pretty full on so when you're kind of watching it you're a bit like well they didn't feel that comfortable doing this and like, so yeah and like you I think you said in your review and everyone has said as well it's two two straight women yeah, a like straight, it's two straight, straight women and it's man direct, like and it's so you, you're wondering like where's this coming from, kind of. And they, there's one scene that's about twelve minutes long; it's very long, and then there's another one as well. Now people kind of argue that the length of it then kind of negates the controversy of it. It's just like, well, look, this is a normal thing, but you can kind of work at that if they were, like it doesn't really add anything to the story. Or something that doesn't... Yeah, I thought some of the other... Yeah, I, I think you could easily take a lot from this film if they just cut those bits out. Like, they could cut a lot out, because, as you say, it's 179 minutes. Yeah, it is three, which, and, like, there's a point where you were kind of like, oh, it could have ended there. For me, that's, I think, just my pessimistic nature. It's like, there's the perfect point to end it. But it goes on for about another half an hour, 
And you're like, I don't know if we really needed King. that. I saw Return of the King in the O2 with the uh, National Concert Orchestra, or National Symphony Orchestra, I can't remember. And um, I got was reminded of the four endings. endings. And yeah. so, <laughs> some warmest colour kind of had a bit of that syndrome going on where you're like, yeah, we wrapped that up, but uh, mm. no. But um, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I think you, you didn't. You went. Oh yeah, it is a fantastic film. Like yeah. the the performances by the two ladies are fantastic. Such emotion and um, there was a novelty at Cannes where they awarded the golden the Palme d'Or goes Palme to d'Or, the two of them, the two of them and the director as well. Mm. So that was the first yeah. Time I wonder ever. would it have gotten the play and the, everyone talking and even such a big splash of a release if it didn't have the. The sex scenes and stuff probably not but it's terrible because every single kind review of, yeah. of it has been following the same thing you mentioned I'm sure we're talking about yeah, the sex scene yeah. now you mentioned the length of the film you talk about the controversy and yeah. then how but the performances are fantastic in it and it is well worth watching and you know kind of I think when it was in Cannes people were like didn't really know about it before but then when the screenings of it started to take place it did start to garner a lot of um, yeah exactly I think so uh, weight behind it but um, yeah no really enjoyable it's not like it's you never think it drags or anything but you're kind of like ah, it could have ended here it's a wee bit overindulgent yeah. but, um, well like I said the good example you and producer Colin went to see this on a Friday evening mm. and after a hard week of work this is not the kind of film you want I went to it on a Monday afternoon yeah, and um, it was fantastic it was a lunchtime thing and ev- you know I knew I was in for three hours and I knew what was going on you bring a sandwich you bring a, you wear a diaper and you're kind of <laughs> you know set up the colostomy bag and everything and you just bring in your bucket of popcorn and you just get ready you camp in, you camp in there you know you get set for the, yeah. for, the for the afternoon it's a long afternoon like the trailer yeah. <laughs> add in your 20 20 minutes of trailers and you're in there for like three and a half hours you can do a lot in three and a half hours um, some would half say, a day's work it's half a day's work yeah, <laughs> yeah I know I was avoiding my work from home day so I'm like I should go to the cinema I'll take my lunch time off and then I was like oh lunch finished at half four yeah um, anyway very good it will be it's in the we, we have a new thing on the site that's going along at the minute we're calling it best and worst and mm-hmm. all it's doing is uh, compiling all our reviews and all mm-hmm. the films we've seen in the month we're not saying we've seen them all but because uh, we haven't that would be a lie but uh it's up the top it's kind of joined to it and another film which we'll talk about later yeah well I thought it was interesting just on Blue's Warm's Colour that it's based on a graphic novel which I didn't really realise till I'd seen it and kind of looked up about it um, mm. which is pretty cool and that's where they kind of came up with Blue's Warm's Colour because it's, oh, it's French yeah. title is um, La Vida Del uh, chapters 1 and 2 yeah but um, the book that it was based on is called well it was called Angel I think but then what it was do you think called chapter Blues. 3 what do you think happens at the end yeah, I wonder without ruining is, anything obviously switch off for 30 seconds if you haven't seen the film but like but what actually happens in if you you can go to Wikipedia and look at the graphic novel so basically yeah. in the graphic novel when Adele and Emma break up Adele kind of becomes I'm pretty sure I've got this right but you can go and double check Adele becomes like a drug addict and kind of ruins her life by drugs and ends up in hospital dying and Emma comes back to see her and there's a bit of a thing and she's with her she dies but it's like there's the continuation of Adele never coming out to her family and never telling them anything and there's a big issue with the father who gets becomes a junkie Adele Adele, I'm pretty sure oh she's pretty cut up that scene in the cafe yeah really heavy yeah big lava snot that's where the film should have ended I think that snot shot (laughs) yeah yeah Finn the snuff film with snot um very good speaking of snuff films uh Oh, the Hunger Games <laughs> what there's no link there no. at all well, it's, it is a bit weirdly like I mean the Hunger Games did you see the first one yeah it's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. like, like it's, Battle it's Royale Battle Royale there's a lot of weird like 
voyeurism in terms of watching people do stuff. So it's not so different. We'll talk about the councillor as well. And that has weird snuff villa yeah. film elements. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how I great link links here. Going, crazy yeah. links. Anyway, Hunger Games came out last week. Um, you haven't seen it, so this is a bit of a one-sided thing. You will go and see it, though, will you? Oh, I will, yeah. I really yeah, liked yeah. the first one. I thought it was yeah. quite novel. It's and not so the most original story, di- but you're like, yeah, yeah whatever. F- new director on this one, Francis Lawrence, who did uh, Constantine. Um, he did... What else did he do? He did a few other random kind of films that you're kind of thinking, how will he be equipped to do this? But he does a great job. Like He was pretty much brought in as a director on hire. Um, director for hire on this because he did this with very at very short notice. Gary Ross, the director of the first one, was told, "Look, we need to film out in eighteen months." It only came out last May. Oh yeah. And then um, he's like, I "Can't really do that. I have a life. And what you want me to do? Three more films?" And so he's he kind of step back. And um, is he going to go and do the third one though? No. No. Uh, this this new guy is oh, doing okay. the next two. So um, yeah, this is a continuation of it. There's another kind of Hunger Games but, um, arena part of it, but really it's about sowing the seeds. For for the next two films and a revolution that's kind of coming that's going to... Because, you know, it's such a weird, broad story set in the future, this weird dystopic vision of, I think, America, um, and it's split into 12 districts, and then, you know, at the end of this, we find out about this mysterious... So uh, at the end of the first one, it was that um, she was the survivor along with this other dude. Yeah, with Peter, yeah. And then... Peter... That's the other guys, yeah. As oh, in Peter, right. and I'm not sure if it's a pun, but uh, he makes—he's a baker. Peter Bread. Anyone ever mentioned that? Who knows? Or the animal group? No, Peter. The crazy animal people. I don't know. Um. So yeah, that's how it. So where does the second one pick up? Picks up pretty much straight after that. They are co-victors, and they're being paraded around all the districts, and they're meant to be promoting how good you know this cleansing is that it takes place every year. But then, um. There things that happened in the first film. There's more revol- like revolutionary thoughts and stuff. And Katniss has become Katniss, being Jennifer Lawrence, has become this uh, kind of emblem for revolution and this Mockingjay vision. And has kind of, and that's where the next film kind of takes off. That the whole thing then becomes about a war in effect. So this is this is a setting part for that. And they they set up a new set of games which are a quarter quell, which they have every twenty five years, and they throw in uh, twenty four people previous winners okay so like this means you've got older people which is good because the first one it was all kids and it was all kind of teenagers kind of killing each other in a really PG-13 way and there was not yeah. much to it whereas now there's a bit more thought gone into it and really like the only problems I had with this film were the things that are imposed on it by the book that you couldn't go away from like there's a few bits in the arena that you can't are a bit silly but you're like well that's in the book uh, yeah. you can't get around and the it, fact so. that they're making two more was the end annoying like does it just kind of yeah so it has well this, I read I found the end frustrating but in a like oh I want more mm. kind of way and they like this is what has uh, garnered it a lot of comparisons sit down for this to the Empire Strikes Back because it has a cliffhanger kind of an ending and you want to jump right back in there rather than like most of these saga things where they kind of end and it's all tied up nicely and it's like oh and we'll come back even Lord of the Rings in a weird way there was no great yeah. like like you think back the first time you saw The Empire Strikes Back and you know Han Solo is is gone and like you feel he's been dipped in yeah. whatever mm. and you're like what it's yeah, insane. but it's grand Whereas though because you can wait a week and watch the next this one. This was it, but imagine if you were seeing that in cinema wait, yeah, yeah, seven years for the next or whatever. one or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so this is a little bit like that. So it's only a year. The next film's out next November and then the last one's out the November after that. Mm. But it leaves it on this insane kind of like, what? Okay. Where they just, everything kind of changes and sets up this uh, this kind of thing. But it's all rushed and you've no idea. 
um, who's who, like kind of who exactly who's alive or who's dead, and so the end oh, okay. kind of tumbles in on itself, and and it supports the same Woody Harrelson and everyone Lenny is Kravitz. In it. Lenny yeah. Kravitz is in there; it's fantastic. And uh, Julianne Moore joins for the next one as the president of what's the district. national song like? Is it in it? Um, or is that just for the I think trailer? it's over the credits. I can't oh, really remember. Right. I was I was storming at the cinema. I was too angry at the in tears. Anyway, go and see it. Jennifer Lawrence won our uh, Woman of the Year last year and she's also our cover girl for December because she's in American Hustle so she'll be the little woman over on the right hand side of our website for the month are we getting um, to see that in December or is that January no that comes out that's one of our what's worth watching picks um, oh brilliant which is uh, up on site tomorrow and or Monday um, and yeah I think it's coming out on maybe the 20th of December brilliant very exciting very good um, but we'll talk more about the future what else have you seen this month that you enjoy uh, so another film that the two of us have seen is The Counselor and again I suppose it was controversial in the fact that everybody hated it it was one of the most hyped films not I think maybe by industry people or by just because of its cast yeah it's the, the first involved. Cormac McCarthy specifically wrote the screenplay for it um, his novels in the past No Country for Old Men and The Road The Road have been turned into films so this and was the for Sunset Limited a play I think that he wrote oh right remember that no 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 one saw Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson oh and I they saw just a talk. poster for I wrote thing. about it I think and oh right and they just talk it's like it's you should watch it now, okay? Because it's all dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Like it's effectively a play because it's one room, the two of them, and it gets very heavy and right. If you enjoy Cormac McCarthy, kind of oh brilliant, I'll check that out. You'll take something from it, but it's kind of I'll go down to Extravision and rent it out. We better get down to Extravision HMV. Yeah, it was on HBO as well, so you could legitimately watch it on HBO. Might be on Netflix Absolutely. or something. Yeah, because it didn't show up in the cinema. It's only a made-for-TV thing. Um, I think you're just going to have to legally download it, though, Pork. Moving on. <laughs> Down with that sort of thing. Anyway, so um, Cormac McCarthy specifically wrote the screenplay for it, and it's directed by Ridley Scott. Has a fantastic cast. Michael Fassbender, Penelope Cruz, Brad Pitt, Javier <laughs> Bardem, Cameron Diaz. That's it. That's the five top, top names. So when everybody saw this, heard the pairing and the director was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. It came out, everybody hated it. Me and Nigel saw it really really liked it yeah um, both of us it was funny we left the cinema and it was kind of like that was very good because yeah. I was a bit like I wasn't sure if I, I always fear when I see a film with you whereby I'm like so I enjoyed that you? yeah and you never know you have it with anyone like you'll feel your opinion in pretty much be. so Michael Fassbender plays the counsellor and uh, he's trying to get involved in a drug deal and through that um, he comes in contact with Javier Bardem who seems to be a client of his and Brad Pitt is like the middleman. Uh, Penelope Cruz is Michael Fassbender's girlfriend, and Cameron Diaz is Javier Bardem's girlfriend, but also the mastermind of a much bigger story. And it's kind of full of all the Cormac McCarthy things you would have seen before from No Country, especially. It's a very, uh, very dialogue heavy, incredibly violent at times, um, very tense. There's lots of scenes where you're like, oh no, someone's going to crash into that, or this really tense. There's a story that Javier Bardem tells to Michael Fassbender about a certain device and you're watching it being like they're not going to show that later they can't possibly show that and they do show it and it's pretty terrifying mm. do you uh, have a clip for this guy? Um, yeah we're going to have a clip of so this is Michael Fassbender talking to Brad Pitt the middleman you seem unsettled I'm alright I just need you to be sure that you're locked in because I don't know my recommendation anyway, counselor. Don't do it. 
<laughs> well, I guess I'm a little taken aback at the cautionary nature of this conversation. If you're not in, you need to tell me. Why? Because you don't know someone until you know what they want. Is why. Did you uh, think that Brad Pitt was... Like, he came in for a bit of controversy just phoning in this performance whereby he just does typical Brad Pitt. Yeah. But um, He didn't eat, I don't think, in any scene. He had a drink. <laughs> which was fantastic. I was like, oh, brilliant, he's not eating, yeah. which is his go-to thing. I thought he was fine and he was perfectly good. Yeah, I always enjoy watching him on... You know, like, because it's a film where not much is... Like, there are a couple of quite violent scenes, but there's another scene where uh, Brad Pitt is trying to convey to Michael Fassbender the people he's getting involved with with this drug deal and he, they have this conversation about a snuff movie and they don't oh, snuff movie. you don't Link. see anything you don't whatever but they just talk about it and it's really unsettling and quite scary and like there's loads as the film goes on there's loads of wee subtle things where nothing is really shown it's all talked about and that kind of infuriated a lot of people like what annoyed me about why people didn't like it they kind of think it's pretentious and it's very dialogue heavy and you don't really understand it's not a complicated story it's pretty easy to follow they just don't lay set it up saying this guy knows this guy for the last 10 years yeah um, they are related in business this yeah. way they are going this to symbolises this. this you know you kind of have yeah. to have your brain switched on when you're watching it but like I'd you know kind of think back to No Country for Old Men which kind of people are hailing as a modern classic fair enough it's it doesn't different. make a whole lot of sense a lot the of last time. scene from No Country for Old Men is Tommy Lee Jones talking about some dream he had about a horse or his father and then it disappears yeah. like there's loads of stuff in No Country when Javier um, goes into the house to meet the wife of Josh Brolin it then goes outside the house. You don't know if he killed her or if he didn't. Yeah. You just kind of presume. So it kind of... Yeah, that's I don't okay. Know. Yeah, it reminded... Remember Killing Them Softly, the film that came out last year. And again, one or two people hailed it as fantastic. I didn't take much from it, but um, it's the same kind of... Very dialogue, a lot of talk. Dialogue just heavy, and you'll either buy into it or you won't. And yeah. anyone I've talked about the cancer, they decided within about... 10 minutes that they were a bit confused and weren't really on board and if you're mm. if you're watching something and you're looking for reasons to kind of hate I it's loved all the drug deal like the drug deals have slicing the guys yeah the there's a brilliant yeah. wire across the road yeah Fantastic. there's loads of those kind of wee things you're like what's he doing there and then it comes yeah. into effect a couple of minutes later and you're like oh Jesus yeah you're going to rewatch it that's what you told me definitely Um. yeah so it's it's I, it's really worth checking out maybe watch there are like a couple of people have said you know it'd be easier to read than have people say what they're saying at times but I think it works it's more so like a film to play in some regards as you were yeah. saying with this other work it's not a classical yeah, he's never linear written, fiction yeah he's never written a film and it is a, I think a bit obvious at times whereby he's not really sure about the language yeah not even I don't, just even like direction and th- like how to stage things and yeah. how to tie things together but that who cares like you yeah. know um, there's a funny kind of scene with uh, Cameron Diaz in it which is hard it's a bit it kind of that's where I think a lot of people maybe checked out but if you kind of stick with that and the way Javier Bardem is even describing it it's kind of mm. funny like it's not supposed to be gynecological yeah so um, Loved it. well worth checking out I thought it was a really good release yeah um, Parkland also came out last week's in Cinema the Minute um, my, my what I really want to mention about it is that did you get to see during the week uh the thing about JFK where it turned out that it was Magneto from uh, X-Men who kind of bent the bullet um, this is this weird revisionist history thing I thought I, I mentioned it to you but um, 
we can actually we'll play a little clip from it this isn't really related to Parkland it's more so related to Michael Fassbender because he plays Magneto in the new X-Men films uh-huh. and the next one that's out next July so they've started this viral thing and so they tied it into the JFK thing here's a little clip from it shortly after the events in Dealey Plaza in a secret trial Eric Lencher was found guilty of first degree murder and conspiracy to assassinate the President of the United States. However, the evidence against the mutant called Magneto remains circumstantial. An amateur photograph of Lencher on the grassy knoll and the rounds fired from a rifle. According to a recently declassified report from the Warren Commission, Lencher altered the trajectory of Oswald's second bullet, effectively murdering the President. So there's a little bit of that. So basically, um, yeah, they are doing this revisionist history thing whereby they're tying in the time travel thing as, you know, linking the JFK assassination to mutants. And that uh, what I'm reading into this is that Magneto kind of bent the bullet and then that there's Lee magic Harvey bullet Oswald theory. Yeah, it was whereby Mystique. And Mystique kind of transformed into Lee Harvey Oswald. I like it. It's, it seems really distasteful to me that they're, that they're taking the JFK... Um, How can we turn this to our advantage? Yeah, I know. We have this film coming out next year. But they've been in that early 60s thing anyway. And so that, yeah. that they, I think in their version of it, uh, mutants were kind of to blame anyway. So you know the way this next X-Men seems to be about the good guys and the bad guys all kind of coming together yeah. from all from the 60s and then the modern timeline. Uh-huh. So I think that that's what I'm taking from this, whereby they're trying to show why they kept getting... Uh, or something. Anyway, check it out. I can't mm. remember the the website. Just Google yeah. Magneto JFK. Um, so there's loads of films about JFK. Like you've got the seminal one from uh, Oliver Stone, JFK. JFK. Yeah. Then there's the Thirteen Days about the Cuban Missile exactly, Crisis. Yeah. I love brilliant. Thirteen Days. Yeah, Thirteen really, Days really is one of the first films I think that I saw by myself in the cinema. I felt like an adult, kind of like because it was what was that about two thousand and two or two thousand three. Yeah. I check my research here. Go for uh, it. But anyway, Parkland came out uh, last. Friday and is a terrible disappointment because they have so many it's such a big cast um, the year yeah, 2000 got, 13 okay. days came out so what age was it then about 15 13 years ago 13 days yeah 15 years ago don't have cinema by myself should have been in the discos ah well in, in the Oasis up in Carrickham Cross <laughs> oh, I never went to the Oasis or did I yeah are we cool <laughs> so, producer Colin nod or shake never never, never made went. it either no. good I think we're the cool people yeah, yeah. the people who went to the Oasis all are now just kind of rocking their baby prams actually yeah. no they wouldn't even have prams anymore those kids would be like 12 they'd be getting <laughs> their kids lined up for the uh, for the junior cert um, um, anyway looks, Parkland came out you should yeah, yeah I, it looks like a TV movie that's the kind of impression I got yeah, from the trailer it feels really cheap I'll play you this little clip like this uh, Billy Bob Thornton is in it as uh, head of the CIA and there's hints where you're like yeah this could have been really cool if they just focused on one or two characters so this is Billy Bob Thornton talking to um, Mr. Zapruder Zapruder the guy who filmed the yeah, tape Zapruder, so yeah. this is him trying to acquire that tape trying to, and you kind of think about this now if, if someone was shot so many people would have it on their phone it wouldn't even be a second thought you'd be like right everyone bring in your cell phone footage you know if Obama went yeah. went along here that's what everyone would do but back then it was a real novelty to mm-hmm. people didn't capture things like that anyway here's a little clip from that it's time there's some concrete block over there this first one right here yes. now were you filming before the president was shot Sir, were you filming before the president was shot? Yeah. So you were standing on top of this, sir, is that right? I mean, more than 30 yards away. Sir, will you allow me to take that film into my possession? 
right now there are people out there that are ready to start a war. Now the filming that camera is the only way we have to know what happened out here today. Do you understand that? It's a matter of national security. I need to think. Sir, I'm no longer asking. So you know what I mean? Like you get a bit of energy yeah. from them, like Paul, Paul Giamatti in there. Um, but it seems to be quite... Uh, I know it's obviously just focusing on that day. Maybe like, does it go much after it or before? No, it or? it's all the events of the day. Uh, so that kind of gets, gets more them, ordinary people yeah. rather than like. So that's the get out clause, kind of for looking into any yeah. controversy or look at the American political system at the time. Was he? Do you know? Was it a couple of people? Was it just him? Yeah. It's, so it's kind of doesn't even touch on who does it. Like you know, they're just like, oh, they've caught the guy who does it. Have uh, and Harvey bring, Oswald getting shot? Yeah. So it brings him. It, it, the the one. And there's a few things that should have been incredibly powerful. Like it's when and he's brought to the same hospital um, where JFK was and you know there there should have been a kind of a um, the two of them side by side on his yeah, lab side by side <laughs> turning heads at each other but they're you know and the nurse is like we can't bring him in here and there's a few things like that where you're like oh, I w- if that's true like I'm sure that is very powerful but then they'll cut to like you know a secret service agent in an airplane who oh, has okay. nothing and you just jump because there's about 10 different characters in the whole thing so um, what's that guy from like Zac Efron is the oh yeah he he is he's the doctor he's the worst person in it he cannot you kind of forget that he can't really act serious like I kind of wasn't what was the film about um, Orson Welles me and Orson Welles oh yeah remember yeah. him in that he's yeah. kind of good because he was sort of playing himself he's kind okay of a chirpy, the, the southern pulpy paper boy I didn't get to see the paper boy oh did we not go to that together no oh right I should speaking of the paper boy um, the Butler Lee Daniels is the Butler also came out this month and um, it's pretty good kind of alright um, it has like Oscar been, gold written all yeah, over it feels like we've been talking about it for a long time so I don't really want to dwell on it I think we played a clip last week out of five um, Parkland gets two and the Butler probably three maybe three and a half will it get Oscar buzz um, I suspect the Butler will definitely get it for Oprah Winfrey um, for a sport Did Forrest has Forrest already yeah so maybe they'll just be like oh he's grand he has one yeah no, best actor is going to our man Tom Hanks, Captain Phillips. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, I'm trying to work out what. I, have you? Did you send else this uh, We'll just finish up uh, with drinking oh, buddies. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. I also have to. I have to. While I'm in my rant of yes. films, the Broken Circle breakdown. It's okay. gone from cinemas, but catch it when it shows up on 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 the web. A lot coming out this month. It's kind of getting into crazy season. Like yeah. In fear, you and Colin went to see that, and I was going yeah. to see it, and it was gone. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Very quite difficult, annoying. and I mean. They still don't have that thing like you go on on Volta and stuff like there is still this horrible lull when a film leaves the cinema and you're waiting months and months until it shows up somewhere. Um, but Broken Circle Breakdown is Belgium's entry into the Academy Awards foreign language thing and um, getting lots of buzz winning awards lots of places. But um, oh, we should the give a shout out to um, is the, the Missing fantastic. Scarf just as you mentioned the Oscar. Uh, the Missing Scarf we did a wee feature with the oh, yeah. director yeah. of it um, it's in the long list I think for the Oscar yeah best animated short yeah which is fantastic which is fantastic yeah so um, congratulations featuring George Takai yeah doing the voiceover brilliant uh, so we'll just finish up yeah. on we did an, the interview remember we did an interview with Owen Duffy which he can kind of yeah you can go before back before he and was check. big yeah. yeah we broke him <laughs> yeah uh, so we'll just finish up our review thing with uh, Drinking Buddies um, it might still be in a couple of places the screen is always a great place to catch <laughs> old films when you're like oh that's probably gone uh, the screen might still I have know. it I wanted to see Short Term 12 this month yeah uh, they had it on the lighthouse was the only place showing it they had it playing twice a day for the first week and then they went and put it on uh, once a day at three o'clock 
um, and then they put it on no and then they put it on once the following week on a Thursday at half two and I'm like but what normal person who who goes yeah. who, who can work <laughs> like like people working and stuff and this isn't like a you know they sometimes there might be a film that's aimed at like maybe mothers and baby screenings and stuff so people who aren't in a normal thing but this was yeah. a big obviously no one went to see it unfortunately yeah. it will be I will track it down because I really I don't know how I missed it but anyway yeah. Drinking Buddies Drinking Buddies uh, it's from director Joe Swanberg who's a bit of an indie machine when it comes to film you're kind of like has he directed anything and he's directed about 21 hour films with a group of people you will have seen him from you're next you remember that horror film he was one of the brothers in it and he has a wee cameo in the film he's the uh, truck driver um, who gets in a fight with Jake Johnson so anyway it uh, concerns Kate and Luke uh, Olivia Wilde and Jake Johnson the two of them work together in this microbrewery um, they each have a girlfriend and a boyfriend and but there's this kind of will they won't they between the two of them they're very friendly and there's all the hangout a lot and you're kind of what's going on and then they go away for a long weekend the four of them and Jill ends up kissing uh, Chris so the partners kind of end up kissing each other but nothing ever happens like kind of at the start between um, Olivia and Jake Uh, you think something might happen eventually and it's just kind of a look at I don't know it's like a nice love story but not a whole pile happens in it that can be sometimes nice isn't it I hate on a film where even I remember watching Alan Partridge and I hated when they had to kind of bring plot and like story movement on like sometimes there's people who you just enjoy spending a bit of time with yeah um, and it strikes me I unfortunately haven't we've, had, but pretty, we've seen lots of films between us as you will see in our accompanying best yeah. and worst posts we've seen about 12 uh-huh. new releases this month but um it's, I didn't see that. Yeah, that it's a great, us, nice performances in it. Great. Sounds like something I'll want to watch on Netflix in six months. Yeah, perfect. doesn't really need to be paid for it in the cinema. Is that no. Kind of crack? Yeah. Um, Good performances and it's quite nice. It's a very hipsterish film. Love it. We love Lots it. of beards and hats and record players and stuff. So yeah, I've, I've all of those all things, of within, things within walking distance of me right now. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have a movie moment of the month? It's going to be either two... You can go, only I'm, pick one. Will I give you a moment to think about it? Yeah, you go for it. You can yours. only really pick one. We talk about this beforehand. You're allowed one. I'm so sorry, listeners. Um, mine is from Gravity. Uh, we talked about Gravity a lot, so we won't dwell on it too much. We both were, uh, uh, like a lot of people, a little bit disappointed. It's gotten phenomenal reviews. as in Sight and Sound's best films of the year. It's really, like, visually phenomenal and everything, but... It's just I didn't really it's care. It's not going to look good on your TV in six months. Time. Yeah, on and your you're phone not going to want to airplane. read. Yeah, it has the kind of like a bit, a bit like Avatar, where you're like, this is all about the experience, and the story kind of comes second. But mm. because of all that, um, like I'm giving it three and a half, maybe four, probably anyway. Like still, I give it two. Loved it. You wouldn't really give it. I two. would give it two. It's the story is non-existent and it looks very good, but the end is ridiculous. So much of it is ridiculous. You're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. You have to think of the long term well, thing. Like if you oh, if you if it's only going to be good in three D IMAX, so what? Then like, it's the experience. Yeah, I know. But it's like a roller coaster. It's like rating. It's like when I go to see Pacific Rim and all this. It's like rating a fairground. But like everyone's given. There's so many people yeah, giving five stars and yeah. blah blah blah. And you're like, it's not five stars. Anyway, no. Uh, the movie moment of the month is just the first ten or twelve minutes as you kind of realize you've the closest thing you've ever come to actually being in space and. Um, the the people behind that is the cinematographer Emmanuel Lubezki who did the Tree of Life all that insane mm. weird stuff and then he did they kind of had to hold off making it didn't they because the technology yeah. wasn't up to speed yeah you can read a lot about like he invented these ginormous boxes and hung them on harnesses light boxes that kind of 
replicated how the light because they filmed a lot of it like it wasn't all built in computers like they filmed the actors kind of hanging and they had the puppeteers from Warhorse genuinely uh, the Broadway production of Warhorse were like were animating Sandra Bullock like moving her arms and replicating what it would be like will they get included for the Oscar I want them to win an Oscar the the puppeteering team (laughs) this is like Andy Serkis for uh, The Hobbit yeah and so with uh, you can find there's a nice moment which is one of the where she kind of gets in touch with the the uh, fisherman in Greenland and there's a short film that you can watch on the internet now um, directed by uh, Alfonso Cuaron's it's his son isn't it Jonas Cuaron so um, you can check that out uh, it's a four or five minute thing of just showing that conversation from the other side this guy who can't really can speak. I spoil a bit of the film or no yeah everyone's seen Gravity this so stage. I love the bit when George Clooney comes back and you're really like ah, I know he's dead but I kind of wish he'd stay around so that yeah, something else to happen in this yeah. you know I did I was he's kind of like Dean Martin in space he's like mm. hey how's it going I was confused how she could read um, Russian and Chinese and understand how to under- and it's not how you actually fly a spaceship you just read the manual just yeah, reach yeah. over here <laughs> I'll just get the manual oh okay this light switch Yeah. Um, I didn't like when she tapped on the fuel gauge and it was like oh it's actually empty yeah. I was like is she driving a 1950s <laughs> like a Ford Cortina does that happen in space tap, and tap. Uh, there was the nod 2001 where she comes in and she rotates like the circular yeah. thing and uh, I think there's, it's, it's, there's it's, a lot of kind of nonsense philosophy in it I don't know like the whole end where she emerges into this jungle yeah, out her, of the swamp and, and finds her daughter remember that bit where her daughter was there and she's like oh that's that's where you yeah. were you weren't dead at all mm. um, anyway your movie moment have you come up with one I'm going to go with I had a short list of three but I'll nominate I there was two from the counselor but I'm going to go from uh, blue is the warmest colour there's a scene where Adele is on the beach and uh, she goes into the water she's having a tough time with uh, Emma and she's kind of thinking about her a lot so she just goes into the sea to have a bit of a swim and as she's swimming her hair kind of floats out and it kind of you can see underneath it it's turning to the colour blue of her partner Emma and I just thought that was really cool because it was kind of like oh how did I do that um, and it's a really nice touch just the light so, yeah there's yeah. really nice shots that look like Instagram photos where they were about to kiss in the park and the sun was kind of peeking between them I was like ah Insta- I should Instagram that <laughs> but I didn't um, very good um, cool that's the end of part one excellent so very good so it is December um, tomorrow yep correct or Monday happy Christmas what date is today the 30th no it's tomorrow. Sunday it's tomorrow tomorrow yeah so that means we started we had Thanksgiving there on Thursday I was watching NFL pretending to be in America and you get lots of the American TV shows showing you episodes of what Thanksgiving's like and in my mind that's always where you kind of get the sense that the Christmas season is starting lights going on blah 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 anyway um, cinematically speaking why this is relevant is because over the month people end up watching a lot of older films and uh, both the IFI and the Lighthouse up here in Dublin and Meeting House Square yeah what is Meeting House Square showing? Uh, they're showing all those ones kind of classic ones Die Hard Elf uh, I don't know if they're showing White Christmas when did Elf become a classic Christmas film I remember when it came out first and a lot of people were kind of disappointed in it it's the kind of film though the more you watch you're like oh yeah it's very funny Will Farrell's performance is pretty good and it has um, Bob Newhart in it who's fantastic yeah I always get it mixed up with Bad Santa then that be- has become a revision a yeah revisionary kind of Christmas Bad Santa is kind well. of bleak though it, like it's funny when you see it but it's not the kind mm. of thing where you want to you want a nice feel good film Um. 
Uh, yeah, so Meet House Square doing a few, DIY in the Lighthouse. So I presume all the classics are there, Home Alone. Yeah. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, the the Lighthouse, here's a list of the films, which uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I haven't seen that since I saw it on TV many, many years ago. I think there's some boobs in it, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I was like, oh dear. Uh, Mary Poppins is showing, which is very relevant for, um, because Saving Mr. Banks has come out this weekend. Unfortunately, neither have seen it just yet. But um, it's it's nice. I'm not really sure if Mary Poppins is a Christmassy film. It's very festive. Yeah, I think it kind of falls themed, into the category of... It makes sense. That it's on TV at Christmas Yeah, or so both, both the iFi and the Lighthouse are doing the sensible thing and showing it. Die Hard is in there. We've seen Die Hard already this year at the Jemison, Jemison Cult Film Club. Cult Film Club and yeah. uh, Home Alone. It's a Wonderful Life, Bad Santa, Gremlins, Elf, Muppet Christmas Carol, and Little Women. Yeah, Little Women. Is that all around Christmas? I can't remember. I'm not sure if I've ever seen Little Women. I only watch films with uh, men, like I like Fast. You'd and love Furious. Little Women. Think he's in it uh, from Homeland. Claire Danes is in Little, Little Women. Women. Yep, and Winona Ryder. I knew Winona Ryder was in there. Yeah, I think it just so happens that maybe my mum and my sisters would always be watching it and I'd feel the need to go out and chop firewood or something just to do something more um, reaffirming sexuality yeah <laughs> exactly so it's a nice they're calling it the naughtier nice season they're showing them throughout the month up until the 23rd I think they're closed on Christmas Eve but um, certainly it's always fun to do that have you got a favourite Christmas film um, mine is Home Alone Home Alone is one of my top uh, four films of all time if you go to letterbox.com slash wheatln2 I've got uh, Home Alone, Spider-Man 2, uh, The Third Man and The Shining. They're currently, I changed ah. that recently. I was like, they, these can be my four defining films that I'll probably should change it a bit. But yeah, Home Alone, we had it on video. I probably watch it a million times. Two or three times a year for a long time. does have, yeah. What's, it's what's your pick? Um, maybe Home Alone 2. Die Hard is brilliant. It's kind of the best, but maybe Home Alone. I only saw It's a Wonderful Life for the first time last year and it is actually yeah. it's one of the films you kind of avoid because you're like oh everyone says it's classic it's and then in there like, with, mm. there's a reason that it's Casablanca yeah stuff like that so it is it kind of does just like at the start of you're like oh god this yeah. is a bit it kind of melts all your cynicism while yeah. though it's, it's yeah, very if good I, you had a look at these um, uh, what have they got they've got White Christmas The Bishop's Wife Meet Me in St. Louis and also It's, it's a, a Wonderful, wonderful life. life so they've gone for the kind of 40s and 50s festive vibe um, have you seen The Bishop's Wife no sounds like the opening line to a joke doesn't it <laughs> yeah. anyway I'm going to check that out I'm not sure what they, that's on but um, yeah. so we'll continue now uh, part two we'll do our December preview um, my pick for the month is The Hobbit part two The Desolation of Smaug uh, which is coming out I think on December the 13th mm-hmm. um, which is two weeks time and uh, yeah as I said I went to see Lord of the Rings at the end of October and to me The Last Hobbit was like this weird reunion tour of when you like you saw the Pixies this month and it's not like seeing the Pixies playing in Boston in 1991 but or 1989 or whenever mm. they'd be at their peak um, but it fe- like it's like a weird it's a nice nod and a nice reunion you don't really want to do it that all the time and like but to see a Hobbit film once a year reminds me of the fact that the Lord of the Rings films were a huge part of my life for like three years mm. when they're coming out and I've seen Fellowship of the Rings probably come on more out around your birthday yeah exactly and the Christmassy season like I think I saw Fellowship of the Ring three times twice or three times in the cinema and then since then I've probably seen it about a dozen times I may have seen it more than any other film apart from Home Alone you I'm had to go sure. see Recording the King twice because the broken it did. It, it was in Dundalk in Dundalk. 2003 I've never forgotten and we got an hour and a half in and then it just broke and we got our our probably six or seven euro back uh, nightmare 
It was really weird because I traveled. We just started college and I traveled at the train up to meet my school friends and stuff. And then it just sort of dies. Anyway, The Hobbit. Um, Kate from Lost is in this, who I think Lost is also one of my favorite TV shows ever. So like, it's just like they're taking. I think Bob Dylan is going to be in the third one. <laughs> and they're just doing all these like humoring Nigel. by Peter Jackson will come on to and be like, thanks yeah. for all the support, Nigel. Yeah, you're ah, oh, appreciate it, appreciate it. So, um, really looking forward to the Hobbit, not because I think it's going to be like a wonderful piece of cinema, but simply because nostalgia it's enjoyable. Buzz. Nostalgia Buzz, the same musical, like the score nods to all these, like the 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 old Lord of the Rings. They're films. not and really half f- the cast yeah. always come back, and this time Legolas is back, and then Evangeline uh, Lily, who is Kate from Lost, is in there as a bit. They're of not really following well. the Jaws logic of not showing the shark, as the dragon is in the trailer. Yeah, the <laughs> dragon is very much in the trailer, isn't it? And I thought that would have been a big reveal or something no yeah I guess they're kind of yeah they're just not bothered they're just gonna show that so that, but then what happens in the third like how are they stretching this out like I know I I didn't read The Hobbit but like I know it's just did a, I read The Hobbit to get to a I read all the but, but. The Hobbit's just to go to the mountain they get to the mountain they're stuck in the mountain then they get out of the mountain yeah in 48 frames a second cannot wait um, what else <laughs> have you got uh, so I'm gonna pick uh, Kill Your Darlings it's coming out next Friday December 6th and it stars um, Daniel uh, Radcliffe. And You're Dave not allowed to just call him Harry <laughs> Harry Potter. You can do the Temptations. Yeah. Um, so Dan DeHaan was in. Uh, he could be our person of the year. Maybe he was in uh, that Metallica film you liked. But more importantly, mm. uh, Place Beyond the Pines. So it kind of concerns the the beat generation in America. It's about Alan Ginsberg and um, Lucy and Carr, and it's kind of like a murder. It's something that I'd never heard about. So when the trailer came on, I was like, "Oh, this sounds pretty interesting." Based on a true story, um, trailer for it looks fantastic. Um, so it's coming out next week. Check it out. Mm. Um, and that's f- playing fairly wide, isn't it? It's in the IFI. I suspect it'll be in Cineworld and around the country as well. Yeah. Um, very good December is a fairly jam-packed month Nebraska is out uh, next week as well the Will Forte and Bruce Dern kind of thing uh, what else caught my eye All is Lost talked about it seemingly for about 8 months now um, the Robert Redford stuck I played at like Sundance 11 months ago so I hate when this kind of happens it happened with Blue is the Warmest Colour when the film actually comes out you're kind of almost tired yeah like, at last I can actually see it so yeah um, but yeah, it'll be. It looks like a positive month. Just to wrap up, then we will be, um, and we'll be back in about two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks. No, yeah. two and a half weeks. We're gonna like everyone else. We like making lists this time of year, so we'll end up kind of chatting about some of our favorite films, and some of our least favorite films, some of the best things in Irish cinema and stuff. And we're asking you, as our the dear listener. listeners, all nine million of you. Uh, to email in your favourite films you can only pick like a top 5 if you can top 5 or 10 whatever and we'll randomly pick one and we'll fire a mug and uh, a little Christmas pudding out to to the person and we'll read out some of those lists so get them in there everybody loves lists send us a list exactly we'll be doing most of our takes 10 seconds so what's that contact at spool.ie contact at spool.ie and there'll also be the link on this podcast page you can tweet them at us check it out Facebook and Twitter yeah we're all over the internet so there'll be no more new reviews but uh, for this we'll year we'll come back uh, yeah we'll come back in early January then a bit of a preview so yep. that's it alright so to play us out this month as it is Thanksgiving and coming into the Christmas season uh, Nigel has picked a clip from Planes, Trains and Automobiles it was written by John Hughes I don't think he directed it but the connection with the clip is that another John Hughes film uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off has a school secretary, Grace, and she is the person who is answering the phone. 
he did direct it. Ah, he well said. Yes. I was going to say my producer in my <laughs> ear just said uh, he did direct it, but uh, yeah. So uh, happy holidays, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Ho 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 ho. Bye bye. No, mom's gonna do the turkey. Yeah, dad wants ambrosia, so I guess we gotta get those miniature marshmallows. And I'll do the crescent rolls, and you do the cranberry. You know I can't cook. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, well, I'll see you tomorrow then. Gobble, gobble. (laughs) Oh, bye bye. Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Yes. How may I help you? You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now. May I see your rental agreement? I threw it away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? You're fucked.